0: You're listening to Under the Radar Podcast, where artists share their childhood memories, musical inspirations, and the milestones that help shape them and their music. I'm your host, Celine Teoblocki. As a keen musician in the Portland DIY music scene, Catherine Paul, or KP, spent her early years playing in bands with pretty much all white folks. When she started writing as Black Belt Eagle Scout, it was for people like her, indigenous, queer, and feminist. In 2016, she released these songs on her debut, Mother of My Children, an album that made many best off lists.
1: Wasted.
0: In this first episode of our Under the Radar podcast, we speak to KP about her follow-up album, At the Party with My Brown Friends, and she explains why identity politics continues to play a big part in her music.
2: My name is KP, and I'm from the Swenmish Indian tribal community in Northwest Washington, and I play music. I have a band called Black Belt Eagle Scout. I, I was in a, in a project uh, several years ago, and one of the names that we didn't choose was Black Belt Eagle Scout. And so that name had sort of been floating around. Names are really hard for me to come up with. <laughs> and what I've learned from the name is that, like you know, being a black belt, being an Eagle Scout, obviously those are like the highest things you can get in those um, categories of of doing things in life. And I've just taken that and thought about what it is that I'm doing with music, and the thing that I'm doing is trying to be the best I can be in my creative life.
0: You grew up on a reservation, you said. What was a perfect day in your home like when you were growing up?
2: Oh, that's a nice question. I remember a lot of grass. When I was a kid, I used to have a trampoline. So I was, my family was the first family that had a trampoline on our reservation. Then everybody started getting trampolines. And so when I was a kid, I would go outside and I would jump on the trampoline for a really long time. And then I'd like Get off, and then I lay lay down in the grass next to it, and I just stare at the sky. And like that's what that image pops into my head when I think about like my childhood a lot. Um, I would also think about, you know, going to our annual powwow when I was a little girl. It was always during my birthday, so it was either on my birthday or like a a day before or a day after and everybody would be there our whole family would come to this powwow it's called all my relations powwow my my grandparents and my uncles and my parents put it on and it would just be such a fun time because while the while the powwow was happening people would say happy birthday you know like and it would just be really nice I had a good a good childhood good memories <laughs> Start by saying a powwow is an indigenous thing and only indigenous people can put on it or should put on it um my experience with powwows is um from my grandfather on my father's side so my grandfather is from uh, colville which is an eastern washington tribe and so he moved on to our reservation in swinomish to marry my grandmother who is swinomish who is like coastal native and um, he wanted to bring the powwow to Swinomish so that there could be something there that our people in that area could have to express themselves to find their identity Um, and he just noticed that you know we needed something like that because Swinomish is a Coast Salish um, tribe and a Coast Salish people and the powwow isn't isn't necessarily first and foremost our thing it's it's more of like kind of plains and and um this other this other more general native thing um that's not coast salish it's like nowadays, like there's powwows all over, and it's because people want to be a part of something. People want to have this way to express themselves and and beyond. And I'm just telling you my experience. Like everybody has their own experience with powwows and have their own reasons. For me, this powwow that my parent that my grandparents brought to Swinomish. It was a way for us to just, you know, immerse ourselves more so in our culture because where we're from, you know, there's this the boarding school era where people were um, put in these boarding schools and were forced to assimilate into white culture. There was a loss of culture within our community that needed to come back. And this powwow, All My Relations, definitely helped helped bring that back and uh, since it ended Swinomish has put on um, another powwow Swinomish Days powwow that happens in the summer but you know there are different kinds of powwows there are powwows that are open to the public people can come there are more smaller traditional powwows that might not necessarily feel that open to the public but it's best if like going to a powwow you just be really respectful and you know you're stepping into something if you're non-native that is not your world. the drum. That's my grandmother. So, uh, Isabel Paul, uh, she, she was basically the, the one in our family that really led our, our drum. I was visiting with my uncle recently, who's my dad's brother, and he was talking a lot about her, and it was was really, really nice to hear stories about her, because he was saying that, you know, everybody on the on the power, uh, on the sorry, on the big drum within the power, uh, they they were they were good singers, they were good drummers, you know, they could get along okay. But he was telling me that my grandmother, she really like led the drum group, and when you heard her sing, like you could tell that this was a powerful drum group because of her, and a lot of people started calling her the Lady of the Drum. Um, she was at times the only woman on the drum, and sometimes my aunts would pop in here or there. But she, it was her and my grandfather that really led that drum group. This we're called the Skagit Valley Singers, and um, yeah, I, I like I like that that phrasing. It's it's nice to know that people saw that about her and identified that about her, and that was that was what she was called.
0: Do you think about that when you... Because you sing and you write and you play so many instruments, but I understand that drumming was one of the first things that you took up? Yeah, I mean, sometimes I do
2: think about it. I think when I played the drums, I mostly just think about my family in general it's, it's a healing thing to be able to think about your family, especially with what I'm doing with my music and trying to express my identity and, and, you know, put that out there for people to listen to and to take in. So I do end up thinking about her and I end up thinking about my parents and my grandparents because they're, they all, you know, they're, they came before me. They're these people that, Laid these foundations so that I could do what I am doing, so that I feel you know confident and empowered enough to do this music that I am doing. Um, but it wasn't necessarily like the the big drum or the hand drums that that inspired me to pick up the the uh, drum kit. Um, that was later on when I realized that I loved like rock grunge like punk music like riot girl all that stuff and i wanted to i wanted to take it up then <laughs> definitely think it was letting go and being just like so free within music that is really appealing to me and being really like outrageous and taking risks like that it within music that was really appealing to me and being loud and just like being so loud and expressing so much emotion like that that was definitely something that that i saw within that kind of music that really drew me in that really made me want to want to listen to it want to play it want to learn how to you know how to play these instruments in order to do it myself
0: Yet the music of her youth and birthday parties as far back as lullabies would stay with her.
2: music from from going to powwows and from my dad singing that was like one of the first kinds of music that I ever learned that I ever you know had within my brain, within my body, within my heart and I think that just really laid out this foundation for me as a person who appreciates music and who knows music. It was the first thing that like came to my mind of of, of what music is. And even if it's just our culture, to me, I just was like, this. These are melodies that are being sung. These, there's, a, these are songs. Like there are words here. They mean something. They, they have a purpose. And I think that like that just automatically comes out of me sometimes when I'm singing. Like the those those feelings that come. They're somewhere, they're somewhere deep down in, in myself. But those feelings come out, and I think, you know, they, it's just, it's just how, how I tend to tend to sing sometimes. And I tend to sing in, in the way that, like, my, my father sings. But it's maybe a little bit different, just because I'm, you know, I'm playing on a guitar, and it's not necessarily me saying indigenous words like Lushudzid words or Nupiak words, which are, like, my two languages, but it's just these—I don't know—these sounds that come from somewhere that come that come from deep down within me, and and that's why I've talked about them being reminiscent of of things that I've you know experienced with powwows and with my dad singing, mm-hmm. and just because it's it's that that form of music and that that form of of song is just inside of myself, and I don't really write lyrics. And for these past two albums that's been the way that I've that I've done things. I have been thinking of changing that recently. I've been thinking of maybe challenging myself to do that different thing a little bit more. But I think with these two albums that I have, like there's definitely this like feel and this like this just emotion that comes out of myself that, that goes into just that, that kind of singing.
0: Um, representation is everything mm-hmm. right it's like um if you can see you can do it you can be it um and um who were you looking up to when you wanted to be like a Native American indie rock musician <laughs> um
2: you know I I didn't I didn't think that I wanted to be a Native American indie rock musician actually I think I wanted to be a musician, but then I happened to be indigenous and I happened to really like music that was coming from the indie rock world. And so those two things just sort of met in the middle and, and they're like, what do we do? What happens now? This is, this is different. Like a lot of the music in the indie rock scene back in the day was mainly like white men playing music and being in these bands. And I think that it's, you know, morphed a lot, and there are a lot more voices being heard of different different kinds of people, which is amazing. Um, but, uh, yeah, I... I don't know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so there was no one specifically that fit into that c- category that you were looking up to, so you're going to be that model for all those people that come after you? There were I mean, no nobody
2: nobody specifically that I can remember. Yeah. I think I think that the past few years of me playing music has really made me think about like what I'm what I'm presenting with this with this music and with this art and think about like, oh, this is this is not just, you know, like a rock band it's more than a rock band because what I'm putting out there is my identity and I'm creeping into this music scene that doesn't really have access to that identity. You know, there's a lot of cultural appropriation that happens and it's because people, um, just, they don't understand because the U S government has, has taken our history, the native history and like really messed it up, like in history books and like, Um, on the news, everything, like, there isn't, there isn't, like, truth being spoken most of the time, and so I feel like I've had to just say, like, explain a lot of things that I think people don't necessarily know, but, I mean, like, in the past few years, like, with social media and with stuff around Standing Rock happening, like, there's a lot of voices that are coming out that are, like, speaking their own truths, and so... Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely here to be to be a role model for somebody. Just because I know that 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 um, there it can be hard to find those those kinds of role models, and it can be hard to like stick to something when you're a young person growing up.
0: As a teenager. K.P. was introduced to Quebec-born artist and musician jean yves Castret. She passed away suddenly in 2016 from pancreatic cancer.
2: Jean-Yves Castre was a mentor to a lot of people. Um, I grew up in this m- small music community in Anacortes, Washington that had a lot of really amazing music come out of it. Uh, the microphones were there, jean band Opon and Wolf, Everending Kicks, like so many things that um, just were a part of this small small city and being um, like living fit just 15 minutes outside of Anacortes, I happened to learn about the city and like the music. Well, I knew I knew Anacortes, of course, but like I didn't realize that there was such a music scene there. And so I started going to these shows at the Department of Safety, which was this uh, all-ages DIY music venue that some people ran that lived there. And I met Jean Viev there. I met. Phil there, I met um, Kenneth, I met Kevin, I met so many people, but the thing that drew me to Geneviève's music was that it was just her playing it, and she was doing all of these things herself with her loop pedal and with these vocals and with these guitars, and it was so intense, it was so like beautiful, just so raw music. That, like, at that point in my life when I was a teenager, like, I was definitely into grunge music. I was into that sort of angst, that sort of like intense, intense stuff. That, like, having somebody in this community nearby that, like, you could actually talk to was so huge for me. And I think it was so huge for a lot of people that knew her, Um, for a lot of people, a lot of the kids in that community, and a lot of the people um, just who were doing music alongside her and so when I first met her I was first I know I was in awe of all of this but also I was welcomed in to be a part of that community which was really helpful for me as a young woman who you know my who I was just starting to play in bands I had You know, concocted these bands with with some friends from high school, some friends from Anacortes. I was like, can we do this band thing? I want to try it out. I want to. And so the Department of Safety, uh, the venue there, I played my first show ever at that venue. And it was so, it was so fun, but also I was so nervous. And um, Yeah. yeah, so she she had an impact on a lot of people including me and is is very very missed I, I know for sure but having a, a a woman musician in your community that you could look up to like we were talking earlier about indigenous people that you know I could look up to I think that for me like she was somebody in that community just because it was so close and that I could see somebody doing this kind of music that I, I looked up to
0: um, what did you feel um, with her passing well I think that you know that
2: hit me particularly hard just because of how much encouragement I had from her when I was growing up and I just started thinking about you know where I would be if I didn't have that sort of encouragement and that that's what that sense of, of of thought just sort of hit me, because I was like, this is somebody who, you know, didn't have to say, like, you inspire me, didn't have to encourage me, but did, and so I just, that that's, I think, what, what got me the most, is that, like, her impact on me, and I know a lot of other people like even probably in passing too, like, and even through like her art that she does, and and all of all of this music that is in the world, like that that feeling of like if 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 that didn't happen, like where would I be? I was also going through a really hard time with one of my um, past partners and. Um, it it was just it was just a really intense year for me. That year was ridiculous. Um, it was also the year that uh, Standing Rock stuff was happening and so you'd see all this stuff on the news about like all of these you know, native people being like tormented and and have so much violence against them. It just was like I felt like I was plummeting. And and so I I just started I just started playing music I think music has always been something that has made me feel um feel better about things even if even if I don't totally get out of something it's just at least I like got something out of myself with like playing guitar for a little bit or with singing a little bit or something like that but what happened is that I I ended up making an, an album's worth of stuff and 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 I realized that i wanted to record it and to be able to put it out into the world so that people could hear it and that you know it's a very vulnerable thing to like have something very hard happen to you and then to make that decision of like i'm gonna put this on a record and i'm gonna put it out there for people to listen to like i feel like you have that's a serious decision you have to make (laughs) so i i was i was okay with that i was like you know what you know maybe someone will hear this and, and and they'll get something out of it and maybe with whatever I say somebody will hear it and it'll touch them it'll make them like think and it'll heal them something like that and so those thoughts in my head I was like okay I'm just I, I'm gonna put out this record it's gonna be a thing it's gonna be this documentation
0: If mother of my children was born of turmoil, then her follow-up, at the party with my brown friends, is a celebration of friends and lovers. To mark this, KP decided all the music videos would be directed by Indigenous women. But things she still felt torn about would keep coming to the surface on I said I wouldn't write the song. Most
2: of the songs are, like, recent, but that song has a guitar line from maybe like f- three or four years ago. And it's just something that I would play. I think that song was born out of me. Sometimes when I when I want to get feelings out, like I was just talking about, I'll write songs and I'll play music. That song, I knew I had to do that with that song, but I didn't want to. I kept saying, like I said, I wouldn't write the song. And it just sort of morphed into morphed into a song in itself. I don't really actually think it's done, to be honest. Like I think that I just tried to put something together cuz I wanted it to have some sort of life on this record. You. It came together in the studio after the guitar line and some of the lyrics were, were made. And I just was like, I want this to be, have these feelings in, in it that are not, are I guess, yeah, are, are this like kind of pop kind of hook. this guitar line that comes in and it's like this lead line and then and then it goes to another part and then it just just gets all gets a little bit like condensed and into this really nice like intense vocal and like overdrive like whammy guitar line part I like jamming i think like i just like exploring different parts next to one another so i just ended up doing that for the song (laughs) but i think that'll you know sometimes like you just have to let go and, and and get things out even if it's hard for you to do that and i i find that i struggle with that sometimes too like if for instance, like this, this past year I had to have a lot of conversations with some friends that like, you know, we've been distant for a little bit and I was like, We can't be distant anymore, I have to figure that out. So like forcing yourself to like step into that vulnerability role and to try and try and work it out. Also the song was, um, even though I didn't I didn't want to write
0: it, I still did. <laughs> so my favorite song of the album is half coloured hair.
3: Cute.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and i i loved like the guitar and those like that soft and steady drum like like a heartbeat mm-hmm. um and and also it, it's such a lovely sentiment like you say are you sing, i never knew i'd like half colored hair so much and it, i mean i don't even know why it <laughs> struck me when i was listening to it i i, I kind of thought what is half- colored hair anyway? and And then I then it forced me to think about, oh what what is half- colored hair? And to me, it was like somebody who's like caught between two worlds. Oh. And in some form, we all are. Mm-hmm. I really
2: like what you just said. that is definitely something that I think one could could very much find within this song. Um, half- colored hair is about desire it's about wanting something and it's a it's it it comes from from this this area within your body that you just you just want something so bad and so um half colored hair is actually just about someone's it's just someone's hair it's half colored and it's this like thought of like oh you know, I didn't realize that I would actually like this that much, but now that I'm, like, thinking about it, and now that it's coming from this place of desire, I love it, like, I, it's, it's something that I want, and, um, yeah
0: it's it's just a nice des- desire love song <laughs> and <laughs> it's half colored when people color their hair basically like yeah. when you yeah. put blue in your hair or something yeah, yeah it's like
2: yeah half um half normal colored hair half a green line breaks across you
0: final song on the album, You're Me and I'm You, is about the kind of unconditional love that only family can give you, and it helps tell a story that isn't often heard.
1: My mother
0: your mom for a minute and and how did she react when she first heard that last song um on your album yeah um she was just like of course
2: you'd write a song about me thank you I love it (laughs) um which is I don't know she's a lawyer so I think sometimes when she talks to me she talks in her lawyer voice but (laughs) yeah I mean like I wanted to write a song for her and about her just because um, I was for this record I was thinking about relationships mostly with friends but is also just thinking about relationships in general and one of those that's really important to me is mine with my mom. She's somebody that I can call up and ask for advice and for anything. I mean, she's a lawyer, so she just knows a lot of useful information that I, I need in my life growing up. Um, and I was just thinking about her as a person. she's got a really interesting story. She is a Nupiak, um which I'm part of Nupiak, and she grew up uh, in Alaska. But she was a part of this really terrible thing. Uh, in Canada. It's called the 60s Scoop. And I don't know what it is called in the US But I think a lot of people who know about it Just end up calling it that Essentially like the Canadian and the US governments Tactfully found ways to take away native kids From their families and place them in adoption centers And in like in Canada They would like advertise these kids To like put them with white families And essentially like forced to assimilate us so that we could be a part of the society. But that is so, you know, it's so detrimental to oneself. Like, you have this loving family you came from. But at the same time, you know, you're, like, wondering, like, where are they? Like, what happened? There's so much that, that happens with someone's mental health when that um, is a part of their lives. And so my mom and her siblings were put in an adoption center, and uh, my mom and uh, her brother were adopted to one family, and her older sister was adopted to another family. Um, my mom, you know, she's, she's a very strong woman, and I think that she's had to endure so much in her life to try and find who she is and like what, what it is that she wants to do and do that for me. And so the song, you're me and I'm you, like she, that that's where that came from because she she lived her life and she still is, she's she's still living her life so that I could have a good life. And I think that, you know, it's hard for people that go through those sorts of experiences to find that strength to do that but she did because I heard somewhere that like uh if you you know if you you're you carry a child like you're a part of their DNA and so like I'm a part of her DNA and then I'm also you know a part of my grandmother's DNA and I'm I'm also just I I want to totally say that I know that this is very biological and that 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 not everybody within mother-daughter situations are biologically related so I wanted to say that too because I think that some people will probably be like wait and I want to acknowledge that um but from for my particular experience like having her in my life and and um having her having her go through all of those things that she did in her life like she is like always been a hundred percent behind whatever I wanted to do. When I wanted to start playing drums, when I wanted to um, learn guitar, even when I came out to her and started exploring more of my identity, she was
0: supportive of it. throat. Is it unusual? in the community for family to be so accepting of 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 someone when they're trying when they're coming out i mean or is it you know is it frowned upon there are definitely so many different stories and i just think it depends
2: on where you're from and what what sort of community you're from i know that you know a lot of there are tribes that um, have two spirit people within within their um, history, and I think that having that knowledge it makes it easier for for acceptance. Colonization taught us that marriage is between a man and a woman, and just kind of made it so that like we can't be ourselves. And I think that really, really impacted a lot of people and when um the religion happened too with like trying to trying to be christian or whatever like that definitely changed the route of like our um original like indigenous cultural way
0: Being so specific about her identity in songs and at her shows has meant that KP has received some blowback for comments that she's made about wanting to play her music for brown people. In this climate, of course, the things she's carefully trying to speak out against in nuanced ways appear to have been called out by the very transgressors as racist. When you had that song come out, uh, Indians Never Die, And you've had a couple of interviews where you've really had to like talk about who you were writing your songs for and like Mm -hmm. who you wanted to see in the spaces that you were playing. I looked through some uh, social media posts and some people were just kind of um, really off Mark and saying things like, oh, she's racist because she's now saying that she's not playing this music for white men, which probably feeds very nicely into what you said, that white men can be so like sensitive uh, yeah. <laughs> to hearing stuff like that. But, uh, but I also wanted to think about, like, I understood where you were coming from. You're always, like, measured and trying to find the right words, but still wanting to say your truth. And if that's going to piss some people off, then so be it too and and i think that's like really important but i feel like okay so your music it appeals to me for all kinds of reasons just on the very surface level of they're good songs Mm -hmm. and i love the lyrics um and even if there was no uh identity politics tied up in there i would still listen to it Mm -hmm. but it's even better that it has that um so and and you've mentioned a couple of times about healing and I do think I do get that from your music that it, at, the, at the end of the day if I boiled it down I, I would say yes your music is about healing it's about being able to like transfer that feeling of I've been through this and look you know I'm here now um, and so it's for anybody who's been through some kind of even small tragedy, you know, in your life, you've lost someone, or you're not with someone anymore. All those things are big things when they're going on, right? So, I, and I feel like, okay, your music, first and foremost, is for brown people, people like you, people like me, women in general, people of color. But also, like, if there is a white dude out there who likes the songs and gets into it, you're not going to say, don't listen to my song, you. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? I'm glad you asked that, yeah
2: Um, I can't keep people from coming to the shows, like that's just a thing, you can't do that like um, and I think what I can do is I can set boundaries for myself and I can say, you know like, this is how I feel about something and if, you know, you're okay with that come to the show, if you're not then this music probably isn't for you Um, you should find some other music to listen to, but um yeah I mean I think I think that a lot of people with playing these shows that we we've been doing on the tour like there's been definitely a mix of 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 crowds that come out like some crowds are more indigenous crowds definitely some crowds or have have more white people in them more white men especially and I think you know at at one point, that did make me very uncomfortable just because growing as as a musician, like, you just go through so many emotions, especially when you're on the road and you're like, what am I doing? Like, what is going on? Like, am I doing, like, why am I doing this music thing? Is it is it okay that I'm doing this? And I've just come to realize that, like, everybody's just going to come to the show. Like, no matter what, people are going to come to the show. But the reason that they come to the show is the important one, I think. And um, the reason that, like, you know, people want to learn and people want to, like, um, support me, I think, you know, I I think that's great. And, you know, when I was talking, especially, like, in having these feelings about white men being at shows, I was definitely coming from a place where, like, I was in these, like, that De- really like heavily colonized cities and just seeing like what America is like in in certain areas that are very colonized and not feeling comfortable with that and I think it's okay to speak out about that I think people should speak out about like you know not feeling comfortable in certain in certain settings And so, especially like me, like an indigenous person, it was, it was weird when people were like, that's not okay. Like, I'm just like, well, (laughs) you know, you can have your own opinion, but also like I'm coming from a background and with knowledge of like having like my whole people like murdered and like have gone through all this trauma, like I can have a little bit of a say, (laughs) um, But, yeah, I mean, I can't stop people from coming to the shows. You can come to the shows if you want, but, you know, they might be uncomfortable for you. I'm going to say a lot of things about my identity, and I'm going to talk a lot. And, you know, whoever you are, if you come to these shows, if that speaks to you, good, you know. You know, I want people to, to learn more about indigenous culture in the right way, not from, like, these weird like cultural appropriative things not from like secondhand stuff like I think that people like need to hear about our stories from the source and that's that's what I'm going through right now on this tour and what I'm learning about like when I'm playing more shows particularly with headline shows so it's my own show like I see I see a difference in the crowd definitely um, with this tour, because in the past I would just play like support shows, so they wouldn't totally be people there that were, you know, in, intentional to see me, and it would be like a mix of like maybe people would just want to go out for entertainment or something like that, and then they end up seeing this like, like indigenous queer woman speaking on stage. But this tour, I think, like, is definitely definitely opened my eyes of what what these shows that I'm creating could be and I'm excited to explore that
0: more. What does it mean for you to be the person that you are feminist queer Native American all those things musician at this particular moment in time? I feel very excited because
2: for the past like year or two, like I've I've been on tour and I've been meeting so many people, and I realized that there are a lot of people like me that are out there that are doing things. And at first, I I didn't I didn't think that there were just because I I didn't have that experience of going out and finding finding those people. Um, but I'm I feel. I feel excited and I, and I feel this immense amount of love, um, for, for people like me that are, that are just, you know, being their radical selves (laughs) essentially. Uh, yeah.
0: And what does it mean though? So like. what about, uh, <laughs> what about like you, so now you have this platform, Right. this is yeah. the most amazing platform, right? So like, and you've obviously, you know, you know what you want to do with it. I want to share power. I think that
2: is important, especially, um, you know, in this, in this day and age, I think that a lot of people have a lot of things to say, like a lot more than I do. And you know, probably even some of the same things, and especially being like indigenous queer and like a feminist, like there's a lot that 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 needs to change within like this music system that we have, and you know, our politics or even like lack of politics too. Like there's a lot that needs that needs more representation of of these kinds of voices, and so yeah, I do, I do have this platform that I, that I, that I am, you know, taking out onto the road, talking with people, and, um, I, I definitely, I want to share, I want to share it with people, um, there's this really cool band called Weed Rat, they're from Albuquerque, and one of my really good friends, Becky, is in this band, and she's just this amazing, like, punk musician, like, in in high school, like I wish that, that her band was was my favorite band back then, because that, that would have m- meant the world to me. And there are a lot of there are a lot of people like her, and a lot of people just you know Indigenous queer people um, speaking their truths and, and and trying to trying to reclaim things and just trying to live their lives in the best way that that I think we can.
0: been listening to under the radar podcast featuring black belt eagle scout this episode was produced by me celine teo and executive produced by mark redfern additional editing was provided by azeen samari and sound design assistance from rad cowley under the radar is a nationally distributed print magazine and website founded in 2001 by mark and wendy redfern you can find us at www undertheradarmag.com If you can, please support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash under underscore the underscore radar. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Till next time.